Hey, it's Eichelle. So I'm dropping by with a message for all of our friends. We are having so much fun working our way through these episodes, and we sincerely thank you for every listen and every comment. You've heard us say before that we want to create yet another thing in this fandom for Queers Folk fans to be proud of. Uh, Our hope is to bring you our very honest, very still under construction thoughts and opinions, and to keep this show as relevant as it deserves to be. We are not the final authority on anything, and all opinions and interpretations are welcome here at Liberty Diner. One interpretation doesn't invalidate another. In this episode, episode 218 of Queer's Folk, and a few of the ones to come, there are story arcs and decisions made by characters that can produce some pretty strong feelings. But my hope is that you will follow along start to finish to hear how we try to wrap our minds around what's happening. We might start out thinking one way, but then end an episode feeling totally different. There are times when Ken and I don't agree or desire, or we desire to see opposing outcomes. And I actually love when that happens because we're free thinkers and it makes each of us look a little closer to explain our own opinion or to try to understand the other person's. Anyway, all of this to say, don't throw rotten tomatoes at us. Uh, You're getting a very honest look at what it's like for us to try to figure out what the heck is happening, and it may take a few episodes for us to make up our minds on that. So anyway, that's the end of whatever this is. Let's get back to it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are. We are jumping into episode 218. We are winding <laughs> down season two. Yeah, man. We were rocking. Man, we already here. We're not even rocking and rolling. Like, we, we're we here. Like, <laughs> yeah. God, it's right around the corner. It's like the right on the, the, the door. Like, yeah, God, no. Things are just tense right now. So we're going to do our best to get the the last couple episodes of season two out yeah. to you guys consistently, yeah. like on Monday. We're, we're definitely going to get you guys. Definitely going to get you. And also, I want to say thank you all so much who reached out with your kind messages. They really touched me. Yeah. And um, you know, I definitely shared that love with my family as well. So, I mean, it was much needed and greatly appreciated. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, we legitimately review every single comment that comes into us. Absolutely. Um, I intercept some of them. We have another girl on our team, Christy, who... Christy, you're amazing, yeah, girl. Yeah, who intercepts and responds to some of the others. So you're usually either talking to me or Christy. But, yes. but uh, we got to keep getting away because... But I lurk on Facebook. So if y'all on the group on Facebook, I'm, that's me. I'm lurking. All right? I'm always looking and liking and hearting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't be giving nothing up, but I'm going to look and lurk. Yeah, yeah, don't put any spoilers out there on Facebook. But it was really nice to be able to share those comments and messages and screenshots with Ken to be able to send him some positive vibes. Thank you. I mean, I really, I really do appreciate it. And I needed it. I mean, literally. And just really thank you. Yeah. Okay. So here is our treat. Although the way this episode goes, I'm not sure if y'all are going to be <laughs> happy about it. <laughs> uh, no. But anyway, here's 218. So we start out at the loft. Justin is coming in and he is returning from his trip to Vermont. And he walks in, and Brian is with a a trick. So it's just like, you know, another another day at the loft. But Justin's face says, like... Over it. Yeah, like, did you even notice that I wasn't here? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, for real. Know? Like, this, I'm, uh, like, over it. Well, because even Brian says, oh, you're back. And Justin's like, you noticed? And um, I think it's, yeah, 
Justin just, I mean, the whole time he was gone on this trip and just what led to him being gone by himself and Brian still being home, like, we already start out at a very tense place. Yeah, I'm upset because the way it ended, I thought Brian was leaving to go get his, I was like, you better go get your man. Yeah. I said that. You did say that. Okay, I said that. And then you, <laughs> while he out here in Vermont trying to live his best life, hoping and wishing that you're going to, because you know that's what he's doing, he's 18, you know he's hoping and wishing. And you over yeah. here. Oh yeah, but I mean, I guess. We're, it's him. We'll it talk works about for it. It's yeah. him. It's him. Yeah, and Brian's mind is just like, okay, this is what I would be doing. And so. I'm just like, why do we have to give that an excuse? Like, oh, well, that's just Brian. Okay, yeah. well, this is just me. I'm just. just <laughs> yeah. Like, no, why do we have to give him that? Well, he will be doing it. Change it up. Yeah, I. Okay, we're going to have to keep going because there's a whole lot to say about mm. this episode and just what's going on between those two and with them as individuals as well. There's mm-hmm. a whole lot to be said. So then Michael and Ben are home, and Ben is preparing a very spicy meal for them. And they're just being domestic there in in Ben's kitchen. And uh, Ben starts to feel a little off. And Michael notices it and is like, you know, maybe it's the food. Maybe it's too spicy. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe you should change things up a little bit. And Ben just kind of blows it off. It seems to pass. Yeah. I mean, you can tell that he clearly was in pain. Like, I mean, it stopped him in his tracks. Yeah. He stopped moving. So you can see he was in really um, big pain, but clearly you don't. He didn't want Michael to worry or, or feel anything, you know, because they have, they were having a great moment. That little exchange between them was super cute. It was playful, um, and to see him cooking and playing, it, it was really cute. You yeah, know? and I think he doesn't want like, nope, everything's fine. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I think it's to protect that moment, but also like he doesn't want to go there in his head. Doesn't yeah, want Michael like, worrying. Like, I'm not sick. You know, I'm gonna be all fine. Yeah, I'm gonna be fine. I don't want him worried or whatever case. Mm-hmm. And then you know. It's probably a million other things that's running in the right, back of his mind. Right, because he already you know? got the bad news, like uh, the birthday party Yeah, the episode. birthday party, yeah. And so he knows that he's like not quite where he's supposed mm-hmm. to be or where he wants to be, but but things are still going okay. It's yeah, manageable, so, he's like, so yeah. You know, this is a little setback. I'm good. It was a sharp pain. It's okay. It's yeah. it. You know, he going to push it under the rug. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, Emmett is at uh, the diner with Melanie and Ted is there also because he's been a very good support to Emmett through this whole the grieving thing. process and... Through like all of this stuff now, like he's been right there with uh, with Emmett. Um, but Melanie's reviewing ev- the documents there uh, because we remember the Schickle family is contesting George's bequest to to Emmett, yeah. and I think it's funny that they have Melanie doing it because like she is like the lawyer who is the expert at every single type of law. Of law. So. Like, I mean, yeah, she can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it doesn't matter. She's gonna represent you. She's gonna come through. I know. She's personal injury. Yeah. She's tax law. She's family law. Like, all, all of it. it. All okay. of it. She's got it. She did that. Okay. That's what. That's what that um penthouse at penthouse um center for paid for. She it sure did. All the degrees. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She is red team. And so she is saying that basically the family is saying you you Emmett manipulated George into this relationship and into giving you this money. And so they are discrediting everything, the gift and the relationship, like all of it. They're discrediting that. And so Emmett and even Ted, they're kind of like, okay, what about the law? You know, like that should, you know, the truth or whatever, that should uphold Emmett's position. And Melanie says, the truth has as much to do with law as the gay man has to do with lesbians. And I'll say about the first part of that, that's very true, unfortunately. Like the truth and the law are not necessarily the same thing. Nope. But I hate that, you know, like, I like, what I love about Emmett is he's always had that fight. When anything happened, the Vic situation, he made Vic fight and stand up um, um, with the whole Ted and, um, what's the boy name? I always forget his name. Little, little, Blake. Little Blake. Mm, 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 mm. You know, I hate me some Blake. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> we like Blake. No, we liked. For a little 
Blake. Okay, Blake didn't hurt drug our man through the ringer. Okay, he did. So hurt now, but he had know. his own issues. Okay, go on. Go Girl, on. I'm gonna say, we didn't regress <laughs> to season one. We're not gonna do that. But he he's always been the strong one, though. You know, he's he's gonna stand up for it. And I didn't like in this scene in this moment before it um you know progressed. I didn't like the fact that I felt like they was gonna, trying to make him give up a little bit for a minute. And the fact that his truth won't uphold in court, you know, it's kind of sad, you know, because yeah. he, he lives by his truth. He walks it every single day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I was a little upset. I was I was actually hurt because I want Emmett to win. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Debbie comes over as they're having this conversation and she's like, well, wait a minute, you know, that's Emmett's money. Mm. And they say, they're, they get to talking like they may take the rest of the money plus all the gifts because Emmett's like, well, what about the stuff that I bought? The car that I bought the girls and <laughs> Uh, you know, Ted's tickets and Debbie's bracelets. And she's like, uh-uh, uh, I ain't giving up this ice. No, you have to cut that wrist. <laughs> like, ben, yeah. She's not going to let the drip go. Uh, but that's kind of where where things are with him right now. Uh, where things land with him right now. Brian is at work with his uh, in his new position with his new boss at the sor- sort of new company or old company with new owners. <laughs> anyway. uh, and there is a potential account uh, that would ha- that has a lackluster image so Gardner's telling Brian like all right work your magic you're supposed to be my miracle worker I need you to work your magic (laughs) and it's supposed to be very lucrative even though it's not high end one of their usual clients and he's like you've got one day to make this campaign happen that's terrible you can't put that type of pressure on me (laughs) like that but that's the you know Brian went in like setting that bar really 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 high he did but I mean come on now it was like that's the reason why you shouldn't why you shouldn't fire me like damn now you know what I can do in clutch. Don't put me in clutch every time. <laughs> right. God. Uh-uh. Uh, so we see Justin and Daphne, and they are out walking. And he is uh, telling her that every night while he was in Vermont, he'd return to the room hoping that Brian would show up to surprise him. Oh. And then not only did Brian not show up, he didn't even call. Oh. And Yeah. So it's like you were saying earlier, like he was expecting that. And it would make sense. Like, we even talked about that on the last episode, how Brian could have gone yeah. to Vermont, but he didn't. He knew where he was going to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know where he's going to be at. Okay, you got home early from your trip because you did what you needed to do. Why didn't you just go? Yeah. We might talk about it if I, if I remember. <laughs> but Daphne says, you know, he might have been upset with you because you took off without telling him. And this is what I love about Daphne, though. Like, she... Loves Justin, and I believe she will always be Team Justin. But she will, she doesn't mind playing devil's advocate or telling him like, "Hey, you're not seeing it this way. You're not thinking about it that way." Like she doesn't mind calling him out on. Call things. me the messy friend then, because I'm not saying <laughs> that shit. Call me the messy friend. Uh uh-uh. uh. I would have. But baby, uh uh-uh. uh. He didn't tell you until last minute till you was packing his bags and walking out the door. You had no notice. Yeah. But I mean, Brian paid for this trip, so. Oh, girl, don't throw your money at me, okay? Because I don't. I, I could have went back to go go dance. I'm just stating facts, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying, Brian. Okay, yeah, I went. Yeah. I didn't ask you, but you knew where I was gonna be. You I think he's just me. trying to get him to see, like, he might have some emotions about this, and it could be that he is upset. That could be one of the many things that he's. Yeah, about this. but I mean, right is right, though. Yeah, I don't think he was right. But Justin says, in his own defense, well, Brian's the one who canceled on me, not the other way around. Like, he knew where I was. Yep. And, like, I don't know if they use, like, Travelocity or Expedia or whatever, but a lot of times, this was the day before when Brian changed his plans. Like, you can't cancel and get that money back. Facts. I know. Like, I mean, I would have been. I mean, somebody had to go. Somebody had to go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Or he just got money just throwing it around like that. So they, as they're walking, they hear this beautiful violin music, and uh, 
this person's really good. And then they get up to him and it's like, oh, he looks really familiar. Like, oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> yeah, well, Justin thinks it, but Daphne's not seen him. And she drops him a compliment, like, oh, he's really good. Look at his eyes. And then she's like, all right, I got to go to biology. But Justin lingers for a while. I'm glad he did, though, because I, they had a really good connection. It was like, I mean, it was flirty, but they didn't push the boundaries. You know, like, I feel like the violinist, he had, I mean, he did enough flirt where Justin, he caught the attention and he let it be known. But he was respectful with it because he knew Justin had a boyfriend. So I liked it. I liked that Justin stayed. I'm going to withhold comment for a minute. Ah. Anyway, so mm. sidebar. Mm-mm. So Daphne says she's going to biology class. And there are some people in the Queer Folk fandom who believe that Daphne is studying medicine. I don't know if that gets verified ever, but some no. people think that. And they say, like, I, I think I read a comment or maybe saw a story and it was like, maybe she was inspired by Justin's bashing or like maybe her father was a doctor. I don't know. But anyway, no, just facts. a little side note. Yeah. So Ethan is getting his hustle on there on the street to make some cash. And, uh... Justin's like, well, surely there's an easier way. He's like, well, I could always be a, a go-go boy. And Justin says, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> They're too cute. I like the way they play. That's what it is. It's- Ethan is very confident in his skills. Justin tells him, like, well, you know, you stick with, to what you know for making money. You're really good. And he's like, no, I'm a genius. <laughs> and he says, well, everybody's been telling me that since I was six. And so I finally started to believe it. And he is really good at, with, at that. I disagree with that whole chin hair thing that uh, Ethan's got going yeah, on. But, mm-mm. I mean, other than that. <laughs> yeah, you can tell he's young. He's trying to get that little soul patch thing going, you know. <laughs> I have to catch mine. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. I, I disagree with it. Yeah, no, so. it, it's not a good look. It, it's definitely not. Like, bro, you got something on your face. But he made 80 bucks sitting there playing. For you would think he would have made more than that, though. I mean, Maybe he was just doing a quick little 15-minute uh, yeah, spot. You know what I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a little, little. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> dropping a little something for him. Yeah, and then, yeah. a little sprinkle. And uh, he tells Justin, it's not really me playing. It comes from a place. It, it comes through me. It comes from some other place. And then Justin's like, well, I feel the same way about my art. And so they've got that whole artist yeah. connection thing going. Mm-hmm. I like what's brewing, though. I know. I'm looking at your I face over here. Brew. I know. I'm looking at your <laughs> face over here, and it's looking real salty right now. Yeah, you know what? Someone is finally taking the interest to dig deeper past the beauty, yeah. past the sex. You know, we all know that Justin's a good-looking man. We also know that he's smart, and we know that Brian knows those things, too. But this mm-hmm. person is, has a, a different connection. He's including him in his own passion, something that they both can share, which is the arts. Brian is already successful. Justin is making his way, and it's the same person who's making his way, too. You know, like... I don't know. I like the little brew. I like this. We got some little soup and going. Ethan spots uh, a busted couch uh, mm. <laughs> on the sidewalk, and he enlists Justin to come help him save it. It was cute so. again, too. Lady in the Tramp moment. Okay, super cute. But I mean, if I just Justin could be bougie. He comes from money. <laughs> you live in a gorgeous loft, and you over here carrying out trash. You yeah. know, like. Uh, but I think it's that thing where like. You know, people do that. We say it in movies all the time right. where, you know, it's this whole fancy story where the person who's all rich, they just want the simple things in yeah, life. Yeah, you know? truly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe you can get you a man, but you ain't got to downsize. Downsize. <laughs> right. Okay. You ain't, ain't got to go rich as a rag. Yeah, it's at that know? point, baby. You ain't got to do that. I mean, come on, just go middle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, his couch was even, like, the trash man didn't even want to take the motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was that toe up. The leg was, a, it was going to constantly be on the gangster lane. It was never going to be right. Period. Uh, Emmett and Melanie are meeting with what I assume to be the Shickles, like, legal team. And they are viewing George's video, the one where he explains his bequest to Emmett. And I really hate that Emmett is having to share that very intimate, very personal, very sweet 
video. Especially the way we, we got to guys. see how it, it affected yeah. him. You know, like, it hell It is no. so personal. Personal. It is, you know, personally tailored to Emmett Honeycutt. And he's having to share that to defend himself and his relationship yeah. with these suits over there. Yeah. And then it's like five lawyers on their side against Melanie and Emmett. Yeah. And not that they should be intimidated, but it's just like... It's that's intimidating. Un- yeah, and that's unnecessary. Absolutely. I just hate this thing, period, because I always want the best for Emmett. And um, the fact that he has to defend his own integrity. Like, he's just making this up like he was a street hustler out yeah. here gold digging and shit. That, that's not him at all. Like, so... Take several seats. Like, well, they're insinuating that yeah. he that he coerced George into this, and that even that the video is fake. Like, oh, oh, that's very good. Oh, the lighting. Oh, the audio. Oh, you did a really good job on that. When Virginia knows for a fact that that relationship was real. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, cause she mad because she got checked at the opera. That's what it is. Oh, made me mad. Yeah. But they're like, you know, he was a George was a confused and lonely man, and. He was swayed by the sexual advances of an ambitious young man he met on a porn site. Like, that is the exact opposite of what happened. Thank you. He sought out Emmett and then wooed him. Yeah. That part. And he tried to approach him as that ambitious porn star. But Emmett curved that ass real quick. Nope, you got me mistaken. Sorry. Beat your feet. And Emmett left. And he came and chased. Mm -hmm. Tell that story. I'm getting all I'm getting all emotional like it's real, girl. Like, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Like, hell no. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, but they're like, you know, you... You planned this trip. You forced him into it. And then before that, you had him leave this money just in case something happened right. while y'all were away. Exactly. I mean, I can see how they put that story together. people do that. Yeah. I mean, I've considered I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Facts, right? But come on But now. Emmett didn't do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, this man died inside of him. Okay? Right. Like, come on now. He loved this man. Stop playing with me. He died happy. Yeah. I mean, and they're just using every sweet and sincere gesture between the two of them and making it something rotten. And I just don't like that. Yeah, not at all. Uh, And so even though we know what what they are asserting is absolute garbage, if that went to trial, it would be up to a jury to decide. And it just kind of look at the draw there. So, yeah. Back then, you're like, ooh, with him, it's a gay trial too? Like, ugh. They wouldn't be, ooh, I don't know which who you would even get. Would you get the men or the women? Like, I don't know who was more sensitive yeah. to the to the topic back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Lord, I don't know. Like, ooh, that's scary. Yeah, but, but yeah, because the women might take Virginia's side, yeah. you know? And so you just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's tricky to put it in the hands of a jury. But Melanie says, well, you know, I don't intend to share this with the judge or jury. I want to share this with the press. We're going to take it to the public. Boss move. I was yeah. like, you go to work, girl. <laughs> she got three snaps for me. That's what you do right there. Because that's true. I mean, this was before, like, Twitter and Instagram yep. and Vine and all that. But, you you know, when things go out on that, like, I mean, they will have a legion yep. of supporters. Legion. In okay. 10 minutes. That would have been fine. I want you as my lawyer, Mel. That's why you call them. That's why <laughs> yeah. you Because she don't care. She's going to get those, those, those hands a little muddy. Okay? Yeah. Taking the gloves mm-hmm. off. I'm going to call the press. Come through. <laughs> Come through. Uh, so Ben is giving a lecture and uh, things are going okay, but then he like doubles over in pain suddenly. Um, he recovers and he keeps going, but it happens again. And this time, like, falls all the way on the floor, passes Damn. out. Yeah, freaks out all of his students. They all get A's for the semester. Yeah, <laughs> so. they acted so quick. They, they better. For real. Yeah, but this is worrisome because we've seen it brewing like throughout this episode right. and we know that his levels aren't what they need to be. And mm-hmm. so 
this is worrisome in this yeah it, it was it was actually really scary because you know ben is always a strong guy mm-hmm. so i mean to see him actually like i mean buckle over and collapse mm-hmm. i mean right in the middle because he was going hard the speech was yeah. good and i was like oh no it really yeah. made me scared so um, we have to go back here. Uh, Justin is helping Ethan carry mm-hmm. that questionable couch up many flights of stairs to his place. Many. And it ain't the nicest, but, you know, for it's pretty on brand for a college student who is a musician. Yeah, but, you know, to be honest, I like it. It's like a straight man cave. <laughs> I, I, I would want to go in there and chill in there. I, that's where I would be. There's something to be said for, like, doing it on your own and grassroots mm-hmm. and that struggle of... Like, I worked in college, and I had friends who did not work, but, oh, like, yeah. you see the there difference. was just a bond that I had with the other college students, my mm-hmm. friends who did work, and, like, we understood. There was yeah. just, like, this different struggle, this different bond. It is. Girl, you <laughs> yeah. know I know. And so I respect it. Uh, so Justin walks in, and he says, this is a cool place. And that's kind of a subtle shift with him, because when, when he first saw the loft, he was, like, blown away right, by, like, yeah. this place is awesome. And now he's seeing this I mean, I love the loft. I have decor and layout envy over, right, <laughs> over right. the loft. But, uh, but you know, last episode, Justin was starting to feel like, what is all this extravagance worth if there's no, if all he's doing is to build the success in this loft or whatever, but he's not investing in us or right. me or in our relationship. Like, what is all this worth? You have everything, but yeah. you have nothing mm-hmm. at the same time. And so I think that's. That whole, like, well, maybe the simpler things is the way to go. So I think that's why he's like, oh, this is something totally different than what I currently have. It's out of the norm. And Mm -hmm. that's why why Justin doesn't mind coming over because it's something different, something that he's not accustomed to. Yeah. Ethan has furnished his whole place with things that he found on the street. And when I was in college, move-out day was like Black Friday. (laughs) (laughs) People were getting rid of all kinds of stuff. And now my tastes and, you know, my tolerance levels are several steps above Ethan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but Ethan. Oh I got God. many curbside clearance treasures. So, Facts. again, okay. I respect it. I mean, like, it's for real, one man's, um, what, garbage is another man's treasure? Yeah. But some of his stuff is a little treasurable, you know. I mean, some of it. He's got some little quirky things mm-hmm. in there. But some of it I would have left where you found it. I mean, girl, but... <laughs> his bed is on some, like, crates. I don't know yeah, what you call Yeah, it's on those. pallets. Yeah, yeah. pallets. On mm-hmm. pallets, okay, but... Go on. Which, you know, before a little while, that was like the thing. Pallets were all in on Pinterest. Oh, was so, it? <laughs> yeah. There was the first pallet platform bed? Pallet coffee tables, pallet couch, pallet refrigerator, like, pallet everything. Oh, Lord. <laughs> See, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Maybe my taste a little bit too much for Pinterest then. Like, I mean, <laughs> no. Can't do the pallet. You know what I'm yeah. With the dress it on up. Yeah, Pinterest is all about that DIY. You know, it's that repurposing. For real. So... Uh, he tells him that in addition to finding all of his furnishings in there, he also found Wolfram. And Justin's like, oh, is that your boyfriend? Uh, but we get to meet Wolfram, and it's a, a little cat. Oh, beautiful, uh, yeah. too. Uh, so, side note here, the actor who plays Ethan is, like, severely allergic to cats. So, good on him for going all in for this role. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Ethan, big us. It's, that's what you do as an actor. You yeah. step it up. <laughs> Okay, you gotta sacrifice, yeah. But Randy loves cats. Uh, anyway, so Justin tells him that he would love to have one. And Ethan's like, well, why don't you get one? And you, me, and Justin know that Brian would not Never, have that at the loft. <laughs> ever. Come on now. Could, could you imagine him dusting all the cat hair every damn day? No, I cannot imagine yeah, him doing that The little box sitting out in the middle of the loft, you know? <laughs> Definitely not this version no. of Brian. No, no way. Him trying to get his freak on the check, the cat sitting on the on the dresser looking. Yeah. Meowing. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
But he does tell Ethan about the incredible Italian loft. And so he lives there with his boyfriend. He's 31. So he's told him like this little stuff. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, this is the boyfriend who doesn't believe in celebrating birthdays. And uh, when he's talking about how great the loft is, he says, well, he must not be on scholarship. And I'm thinking, he is just in scholarship. That part, okay. (laughs) Like, shit. So as Ethan's finding out more about Brian and about Justin, you know, through that conversation, he says, oh, well, you know, Brian's got a great job, a great place, full of beautiful things. And I see what you did there, Ethan. But that's strike one. You better back up. No, I love that Ethan threw that. He threw that shade out there real quick. Ethan is smooth. That boy always talking about somebody he is doing a poetry. Operator. Yeah, I, I got it. I'm taking it. notes, boy. You bad, okay? You yeah. bad with the words. Ugh, it's just tricky with him because, like, why don't you trust Ethan? Tell me something. Well, I don't know anything about him other than what we just saw right here. But okay, objectively, he is fine. But it's just like. You know, my loyalties are always going to be to Justin and Brian. But at the same time, I can see when a situation is not great or not the best. And it's like, maybe we need to shake something up or. Okay, because I was about to say, you sound like you want Justin just to stay in a relationship. No, no, I don't. I really don't. Either one of them. If it's not serving Brian or if it's not serving Justin, I don't want either of them. Brian's winning. He got a young (laughs) tenderoni on his arm. And the situation's not working for them. Yeah, well, I mean, because Brian's winning. Okay, and that's why I like Ethan. Come on through, Ethan. Which is a little no money having self. <laughs> All right. Come through. And a little dusty couch. And, oh, my and gosh. We're going to get so many negative comments. <laughs> no, we're not. Because people, you know what I'm saying? People love. No, we're not. Because you know, y'all know that Brian is not treating that boy right. Y'all know that. Okay. I they're, am not crazy. They're, they're having a little moment. Okay. Maybe they need Lita to come help them, too. She no, helped Mel and Lizzie. <laughs> we saw what Lita did. Okay. Ooh. Come on, Lita. Dr. Love Lita. So they are done with their talking and furniture moving. And so they make a tentative plan to meet up at the student art fair where Justin is showing some stuff. He's got some stuff on display. There's like, well, hey, I've got some stuff. You want to come see it? If you got time, whatever. It's like, yeah. Cute. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Michael and Ted are there with Emmett to offer support after his meeting with the attorneys. And he tells them about Mel's plan to release the the video and then they're like, oh, my gosh, the scandal, this will be great. And then Ted is saying, you know, yeah, every pregnant woman, every child, you know, all these people will know about you and George. And they don't really, like, delve into this, but you could watch Emmett's expression here. And he's like, you know, in a way, he's almost like, do I want that? Because he doesn't. That's not no, him. That's I think against want, his brand. Yeah, he his wants brain. to validate their relationship, but he doesn't want to taint people's image of George, you right. know? And so... I think it's just like this weird, there could be good and bad consequences from right. that. And also, I don't think that he, because the word that Ted used was the scandal. So I don't think, I thought he was thinking like, how could something so beautiful be so scandalous? Yeah, you know, he's like, like, no, I don't want it to be yeah, a scandal. He doesn't want to taint his be, own yeah. shit either. You know, like, yes, he don't want to take George, taint George's legacy, but also not the, the memories that he cherished. You know, that's what I took from it. But I was like, ugh. I was like, y'all don't even know y'all friends. <laughs> yeah. They were rejoicing, you know. Like, right, we get like the I money. get where they're coming from, but it's just like. I don't really think that's the way that nah. that's not going to be necessarily a win for Emmett either. No, it wouldn't. It would crush him inside. Like he would win and get the money. But I mean, ugh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't sit where it But before they can leave to go have a, I guess, uh, <laughs> premature celebratory dinner, Michael gets a phone call. Uh, back at the loft, Brian comes in from work and Justin is there and he's being all upbeat. There's extra inflection in his voice. He's like, oh, you're home late. 
Yeah. How was work? And then Brian says, I got a new account. And he's like, that's nice. And so, because this is the first time, well, because Justin got back the night before, I guess. And, but Brian was busy. Occupied. Yeah. And so I'm sure Justin was in a mood to probably just like put his stuff away, took a shower and went to bed wherever he could. I don't right. even, I don't know how that works for them. Yeah, like um, if know. Justin comes home or, or even Brian comes home and the other one's in like mid action, like, where do you go? Maybe he's just <laughs> laid on the bed. You know what I'm saying? Laid on the side and just. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Anyway. <laughs> uh, So this is like the first time that they're kind of in the same space where there's opportunity for them to, to talk. And so Brian goes straight to the bedroom and he's steady talking about work. Like, oh, I got to get this done. I have one day. How am I supposed to turn this around? Like, you know, that kind of thing. But I think that. When Brian came in, I'm sure he saw Justin sitting there. He definitely heard him talking. But I think he doesn't really know what to say just yet, you know? Uh, I think he's probably not sure exactly how he feels about it all. He's probably not sure where Justin's head is at because they've not had a conversation yet. And so um, I think what Daphne said may be true. And Brian might be a little bit upset, but also a little bit hurt or offended that Justin went without him. You don't think so? Girl, if if he's hurt and offended then he is out of line and he is selfish. <laughs> All the shit that he has done, he is out of line. Okay, no, he better not be hurt and offended. No, he he's not even bothered. Nothing bothers him like that, you know? I think he is bothered, but I don't think he shows bothered in... Then how do we know that he's bothered if he doesn't show way. bothered? That's the thing. How does Justin know that Justin he's bothered? Is, Justin is not a mind reader. It should, Justin shouldn't have to no, be Miss Cleo I agree. to guess what his man is going through. And I 100% agree, which is why I think a little bit of communication goes a long way. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it, it does. And also, when they're good, they're good. So don't don't think I'm a flip-flopper because I'm not, because I'm not advocating for Justin for somebody else. No, I just yeah. think that his eyes should be open. He needs to demand more because he's worth more. You know, like... He needs to believe in that shit. He needs to take that by the bull by the horn and demand some attention from his man because you ain't, he's just a sex toy right now. <laughs> that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like to Justin. Yeah. And I think that, but that's the key issue is they clearly are not interpreting things the same way. I definitely agree. They're not talking right. Yeah. Uh, so Justin is over there. Speaking of talking, he's kind of talking to himself and he's like, how was your day? A whole lot better now that I'm here with you. And uh, Brian is still kind of over there doing his own thing in the room. And so Justin keeps talking like, oh, I miss you. <laughs> that kind of thing. And just having this one-way conversation, these things that he wants to be able to say and hear mm-hmm. with Brian there. But it looks like Brian is just focused on on um, his work. And he does have a deadline coming up. But mm, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, no comment. It's part of Justin's dialogue. He's like, you know, you're all I thought about. Please never leave me again. And he's just being silly at this point. Uh, and Brian comes over eventually. He's like, who are you talking to? And what's with the little voice? Are you planning to be a ventriloquist? And Justin <laughs> says, that's one way to hear what you want. I know. That hurt and, me. That yeah, was deep. That and that's was a bigger issue because it suggests, like, I have to pretend or force you to say the things that I want to mm-hmm. hear you say. Deep. And th- that is... That's one of the key issues here. Like, he's not hearing what he wants to hear or needs to hear or thinks he needs to hear or thinks he should hear. Right. He's not hearing that from from Brian. I know. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. Really, really sad. Well, Brian indulges him. And he says, you know, how was your trip? And Justin turns to him and he says, not much fun without you. So sweet always. Yeah. I mean, because they do. 
I do, they sincerely care about each other, yeah, you know, they and do. I think that they still have something here with them, between them, but they're just like at a weird spot. Is it the sex that keep them together? The sex and the trauma? Because a lot of times, a lot of couples stay together because of the sex. Also, he was Justin's first, you know, so Justin has a deeper emotional attachment. I have a theory, but I think it'll take the rest of the episodes for me to see if this theory actually okay. makes sense. But um, I think that, okay, this is just like, I still got to develop this theory. Okay. <laughs> so you'll, y'all will hear the rest of it or hear it better explained later. But I think that they were very, both thrust into something very serious very quickly. Okay. Right after something very traumatic. Yeah. You know? And so they... And I'll get to expound this later when I've had more time to think about it. No, I'm right there <laughs> but, with you. I can feel that. But that's what I feel like is happening. And so before they were able to have intentional and deliberate conversations within themselves and with each other about what exactly are we doing, aside from the the night at Babylon when they made their little rules, right. but, but they but were be, already but before at that then, point. Because part of his rehabilitation for him to be better was to be with Brian and do those same steps. So. They were kind of, like you said, thrust into something they very were thrust quickly. Yeah, into li- now they're living together, and yeah. this is like, we're having couple conversations and couple fights. We're fighting about money and your decisions, and that's just like a whole right. lot of stuff. It's something that Brian never signed right. up for. And so they never got to clearly identify their expectations for themselves yeah. and, and for the other person. And so I think it's just like, I, I like to use the phrase, we're assembling the plane as we're flying. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh-huh. just like... They are still kind of putting this yeah, together. in midair. Right, mm-hmm. midair. And so it's like, well, here we are, and we don't have a wing on this side. Yeah, so we're exactly. Gonna, you know, we're going to wing it. Yeah, <laughs> so we're kind of going down. But I think that that's my theory. Now, I can always reverse this theory because I already gave a precursor that I'm still putting this theory together. <laughs> uh, no, but I like that theory, though. Like, but I rock with that. That's what I'm thinking is one of the key issues. And so... They haven't. And so, they never got to know each other, basically. Right, and then they, in that type of way. Well, they never got to decide for myself. How do I want a relationship to look? And then how do I want a relationship with you to look? How do we want it to look? Well, they never got that and conversation, so, right? And so because they they are not on even footing or solid footing right there, then they're just like, well, I think you mean this, and I think you don't do this, and I think so. It's a lot of conjecture. Well, they and still assumption. need to hash it out, though. They, those things they need definitely to be need said. to hash it out, mm-hmm. but that's what that's what's not happening. Right? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I can do the what else all I want, but it's not happening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, rant over <laughs> <laughs> for now. So back to the scene. Brian asks him, "Why didn't you tell me you were going?" And then Justin says, "I didn't think you would care." To that, Brian says, "There were things I had to do," and so I'm like. Is that all the conversation we're going to get? About? I know. Because that's not. <laughs> and again, like, I mean, I think Justin would be open to having a conversation. Yeah. Brian, is, he always shuts down because he's he he feels like he shouldn't have to explain himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, again, we said this last time, both of them need to be a little bit more considerate. Yeah. You know, about things like, okay, Justin, understand that he had work. Understand that he had to go do this. Right. Like, understand the pressures that were on him. But also, Brian, understand why this was a big deal and felt like a slight to Justin. Right. Um, even if it couldn't be avoided, let's at least talk through it. True, 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 true. And this is what, yeah, like, I did this because of this, this, this. It could have been petty and childish, but this is what I was feeling. You right. Know? And even though I went, I was still hoping you would come. Exactly. And so, I mean, but yeah, the conversation just kind of ends right there, but sort of. <laughs> but then Justin says, he asks him again, did you miss me? And I think even Justin hates his own desperation when he's asking that. Right. He almost like grimaces at himself. Like he hates to hear it in his voice. And just that he's at that place where he's begging 
Do you even care that I wasn't here? I hate to hear it because yeah. I feel like he's worth more. I hate to hear him do that twice. Yeah, well, and so, and you can almost see that like, he's already prepared himself to be let down by by Brian's answer. Well, Brian doesn't answer with words, but he does answer with his body to let him know just how much he did miss him. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, and we get this whole little pole dance. It was actually scene. the best. <laughs> freaking scene ever I think they ever had in a loft actually <laughs> that was so hot the industrial pole their bodies fitting like puzzle pieces like they're actually perfect like like I said when they're together when they're on the, on the chemistry like damn I just, I just want like it all the time maybe I want to live in a fantasy world a little Brighton okay <laughs> yeah. like I want them always on good terms and maybe just always yeah, having so they sex they can always communicate in that way yeah. like with their bodies they can communicate physically uh, but the verbal is lacking sometimes it is but they make up for whatever they don't say in the verbal, they make up for right. it in the body. And that's exactly, yeah. I do think that Brian is continuing the conversation just in a physical way. Yeah. Which it's I think not, Justin yeah. appreciates, but I don't know. Because that he, he knows, but he wants a change. But he wants Brian. to hear it. Yeah, he wants to it hear is. it. It is. Yeah. Because he knows. Um. So, yeah, but that was a hot ass scene. Yeah. Yeah, I loved <laughs> it. But I just like the way they, their actual bodies literally fit together. I think it was, like you said, the height. Um, the height difference. The difference like, everything yeah. just works out perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Uh, so there, there's a song here that's playing if you're watching the DVDs, but not if you're streaming. <laughs> and the song is by, I think, Filter. And it's The Best Things. And part of the lyrics are... Uh, you got a green light, but you're going nowhere. And I'm like, excuse me. Nope, perfect. Take that song out of here. No. Nope. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was because right on point. Because it's just like dead ends or just like, hey, we're spinning our wheels here. What are we doing? That, like That point. Yeah. So like, don't you be foreshadowing up in here. I like that foreshadow <laughs> because that's what I was feeling. And if he didn't use that body, that's what Justin was about to do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like skedaddle. But for, for right now, they have patched things up. Yeah. Sort of. Kind but, of. you know, sex don't always fix everything, no. No, no. But in this moment, it did, though. So that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, Michael is at the hospital with Ben. So that was the phone call. And Ben has acute pancreatitis. He had a near-fatal reaction to some medicine, to the medicine that he was on, because they changed his meds around. Um, his enzyme elevation is extremely high. Uh, they had to take him off his meds. And so oh. it's like bad news bears for him at the hospital. If he takes the medicine, he's going to damn near die. If, if he, he doesn't, doesn't take, take it, the medicine, there's a fear of your body killing itself. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, girl, like, I mean, that's the worst news ever, mm-hmm. ever. I mean, I feel so bad for Ben because, I mean, like I said before, he's a fighter. He's a good guy. And finally, Michael's happy and got his mind off Brian. You know, like, he really cares for this man. So to see him down and out and sick. Ugh, it just, it's, it but was, it's just an unfortunate reality of the time with, with the medicine and you know everyone reacts differently and so exactly that's just an unfortunate thing um but michael asks if he can stay and he tells the doctor well no he's not family but he's ben's lover and the doctor allows it and good on him and good on I the show worried. because it's nice to see some allies yeah because we saw what happened with mel and Lindsay with the baby right and know? then with debbie when she was trying to get victim medicine and oh, the cop was yeah. a jerk mm-hmm. for 45 minutes before he finally let her get yep. the medicine so i was like why why <laughs> you his brother his little yeah. brother I'm like come on yeah so he's gonna stay there and uh just wait it out with ben uh, and so the gang is, they have assembled at Emmett and Michael's apartment, and they are all taking on duties to help out. And this gang is so great sometimes. I love them. They just said, being like, all right, we got this. Here's what we're going to do. 
and they all were there. Not yeah. like not one was missing. They all were there. Yeah. So a few things here. Melanie and Lindsay offer to help with the meals, and Ted's like, "With everything you have going on in your house." Now he's referring to the renovations, but they Lindsay tell they it on go, herself. Yeah, they all go red face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two of them go red face thinking about uh, yeah. They're literally thinking that somehow little... somebody found out about them playing one yeah. plus one plus one. Yeah, I love that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Brian and Justin are possibly looking over some rage drawings there on the table. They're having their own little conversation. They're getting along right now. Brian yeah. has his arm on the back of his chair and he's showing them different things mm-hmm. and like Brian's commenting on it. Uh, and also Emmett is there and he's trying to volunteer for a task, but everything has taken everything, but he is needing something to occupy his mind. Like Emmett, I think it's important to him to feel like he's helping and to feel useful yeah. to the people that he loves. Absolutely. So he's like, you know, he's panicking in his own way. Uh, well, Michael comes in, and it's clear that he is emotionally exhausted. And so he, like, bypasses all of them and goes straight to his bedroom, closes the door in Brian's face as Brian's trying to follow him. I was like, him. oh, my God, it's serious. Yeah, if he's closing Brian yeah. out. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. serious. It is dire. The, that part, okay. Uh, so Brian goes in anyway, and he he's there, and he's like, he makes a comment about Michael's room being a mess, but then he starts, like, folding his clothes just kind of in the background there. He asks if he's called Debbie, and Michael says, no, he did not. <laughs> he didn't want to deal with her. Uh, and so Brian tries to get him to take a nap. He's like, hey, just take a minute and rest. And he's like, I can't. I have to get back. And Brian's telling him, you don't have to be brave on account of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you should just let us help you. And Michael's like, no, I can do this. I don't need any help. And as he's saying that, Brian, like, mouths along with him because probably because how many times Michael has said it. I mean, Brian has said it himself, but also I'm sure he's heard Michael say it, too. Yeah, absolutely. I I love this little scene right here. It's true friends in action. And I Mm -hmm. love how he knows his friend. He knows what he's going through. He's telling him things that he needs to hear. But I feel like he was he's he's the perfect person in the room with him right now. Yeah. uh, And Brian tells me, hey, you can save the hero act. And Michael says, I'm not being a hero. I can take care of myself and Ben. And as he's doing this, he's trying to get dressed. And Brian's having to basically, like, help him do it. Yeah, like, he was like, where are my black pants? And they're in your hand. Where's my blue shirt? You already have it on. Where's my wallet? Hey, it's in your hand. I like how he touched him. Like, yeah, but, slow yeah. down, baby. Like, listen, I he's know you got it. He's very patient with yeah. him. He knows how big a deal Absolutely. this is and how serious this is and how scared and out of his mind Michael must be. And so yep. he's very gentle with him. Well, he's been there. When someone's near death, Justin yeah. was near death. So mm-hmm. he knows that feeling like. No one can tell you what to do. No one can tell you to calm down because you can't. But, yeah, I just feel like he's been there before. He knows the reaction. He knows how to react for Michael. And he's just being a really helpful, good friend, a good listener. Yeah, he's not being a jerk, which sometimes he'll do that, like, pretend jerk thing to try to, like, shake them out of their own head. But here he's just being very gentle and patient. You can hear it in his tone, the way his voice is even sounding. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's very clear in this scene is like Michael does need the help, even if he can't see it or can't admit it. Like he clearly he needs his friends, right. you know. And they are, like we said earlier, they're all ready to be there to step in to help him. Um, so we go over to the student art fair, and Daphne is there with Justin, and she's telling him that his stuff is the best, and he accuses her of being biased and not knowing what she's talking about. Uh, but Ethan chimes in and he agrees. He's like, hey, your stuff is brilliant. Admit it. And Justin's like, okay, I'm brilliant. <laughs> no, again, I freaking love it. And I love how clueless Daphne is. Like, I mean, she don't have any type of game, no alert, no nothing. <laughs> oh, my God, that's the guy who played the violin. You don't say. And Justin's like, oh, what? Really? Is it, like, him? Oh, we're lying to Daphne now. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, you know what? She don't, he don't want her on her business because she know that he got a man. Okay. Yeah. 
And he kind of get his little flirt on, okay? Let him be the El Sancho, <laughs> little side piece. Yeah, well, she says, for an artist, you really don't see very well. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, Daphne, being accidentally philosophical over Go there. Go on, girl, with a little read. We felt that. The library is open. Well, then he goes over to talk to Ethan after Daphne goes to do whatever. And he tells her, you know, that was a friend from high school. And Ethan wants to buy one of his pieces after some, okay, I have to admit, cute and fun banter. Thank you. Anyway, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, Justin offers it to him for a song, literally. And then Ethan says, well, why don't you come over later to collect it? That's strike two for me. Listen, you don't hate the play, I hate the game, girl. <laughs> Ethan is smooth, okay? If he put it out there, it's up to Justin. The ball is in Justin's court. Yeah. So we ain't mad at you, Ethan. You're going to hate the player, not the game, all right? <laughs> uh, so we see Justin's profile, and I think he knows that he's, like, straddling a line, but he is not necessarily with guilt. It's just with this, like, curiosity. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, hmm, how do I feel about that? Yeah, like, how should I, I feel about that? He can go out and have sex if he want to. But this is more this than is, sex. Yeah, this is digging into something deeper. Yeah. And I, I noticed that when we were watching, like, he's almost not timid, because he's not a timid person, but there's a little bit of a shy energy to him when he's around Ethan and talking to him. True. But when we see him, when he's going after a trick, right. he is very, like, you know, a shark the way, in the water. The way he did that guy at that party when they first went. The he, hetero hop, yeah. Yeah, the hetero hop. He was very um, aggressive. Where on this one, I mean, he kind of, like, falls back. He, he, li- he likes being courted. He, that's something that he didn't get to have. Well, and, and because he he's coming at this from a different angle. This isn't, I mean, he's being friendly, but it's like, it's clear that this guy is interested in more than friendship right. if I'm willing to offer that. Exactly. I don't know if I'm willing to offer that. Yeah. But, so he knows the ball is in his court and he's liking it. I'm not liking it. <laughs> so Debbie is working at the diner and Vic's, Vic comes in. And uh, speaking of Vic, um, side note with him, he's, starting to look better and better. Like, Vic, did you look, notice that? That cocktail that he's getting is amazing because yeah. um, his hair, like, I mean, that man looks good with the long hair on him. He I doesn't have it. that, like, ashen look anymore. No. I feel like that's a very realistic portrayal of his health, him, his health bouncing back. Yeah, you know, from, they did From that. season one to yep. now. Like, he's looking really good. Yep, he looks healthy. But when I saw him walk in, I was like, Vic, don't bring your messy ass in here because <laughs> Michael said he told you and now you coming to the... Only time we saw you in the diner when your ass couldn't keep up in the kitchen. Yeah. Okay, like, boy. <laughs> He's been avoiding the diner ever since. That part. Yeah, but no, Vic's usually not messy, but he did come to tell her that Ben is sick and that he's in the hospital. You know, it's pancreatitis and he's not doing so good. And he tells her, well, Michael told me last night, and Debbie's upset that she didn't know, but um, he's like, well, Michael didn't want you. Yeah. Know. Because her reaction is, I told him this would happen. Didn't I say it? I'm like, Debbie, shut up, girl. Yeah, Damn, and Debbie. And Vic says, congratulations, right again. Because that's not what this is about. And it's kind of too late for the coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. I mean, they're together, they're in love, and Ben got sick. And that's just what it happened. It is what it is. Let it go, girl. So Michael's at the hospital. He is beside Ben. And uh, Ben comes to, and he's trying to keep things light there between them, like, Oh, you look so cute in your little gown. And he tells him about a trip to Tibet and all this stuff. And Ben is not super optimistic. He says, I never thought that I'd get here so soon. And so he's thinking from now on, this is going to be life. This is going to yeah. be day to day. It's going to be one trip to, you know, one trip to the hospital after the next. And so, yeah, I think he has more of a pessimistic yeah. <laughs> in reality. In I mind. hate to see him lose hope. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. he's so young and still full of life. Like, 
it's not over yet. Like, yeah. don't give it up. So that was a sad moment for me. Well, again, Michael encourages him and tells him that he'll be fine, that he'll be okay. Well, Ben dozes off, and a nurse comes in to give him his medicine, and it's the HIV meds, which last we heard, he was supposed to be taking off of those for a period of time. And the nurse does not listen to Michael when he says, if you give him that, you could kill him. Now, I will always defend nurses because my mom was a nurse, but there are some nurses who can be difficult. And I get that they deal with patients and family members who think that, Google and WebMD <laughs> qualify them to be medical professionals, <laughs> you know, so. I'm one of them, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, maybe instead of just, I don't know, fighting with Michael, just like go verify what the doctor said. Because that was unprofessional of her. Like, I mean, this man is really distraught. He's like, don't do it. You're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, whatever. I'm getting the doctor. Yeah. Don't be. This is a stressful situation, girl. Don't 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 add more stress to me. Just go get the doctor. Yeah. You're not well, him. and really, this should have been notated in his chart. So that's on the doctor or the nurse. Whoever's supposed to Facts. do those notes, that's on them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Over at Vanguard, a potential new client has flown, and this is the one that uh, Gardner referred to earlier in the episode. Um, and they phone in to meet with Brian, and this is going to be like a thirty million dollar account. So this is like big money that they're talking about. It seems like this was unplanned. I mean, Brian knew that he had one day to come up with something, but it didn't seem like they were expecting him to come to the office. But anyway, they are here at the office. And is it me or does it seem like Gardner and Brian have come to an understanding? Yeah, they come to an understanding. Like, well, he has more faith in Brian now. He knows like he really is the miracle worker. Yeah, and he's not too much into his ego to not do what it takes to get the job done. Exactly. Like, I might talk my shit, but it's going to be done and I'm going to book these accounts. Don't worry about that. Like, I'm going to do me, but I'm going to get this money. Yeah. Uh, So as they're going in for this meeting that Brian's kind of not necessarily ready for, uh, he gets a phone call and he tells the person on the other end of the line, like, sit there, don't move. And this is a very big account. And Brian's a partner now at this firm. But this phone call is taking priority. So I'm like, this must be a very important phone call. Girl, I I thought, ooh, I was like, what is going on? Like, (laughs) I had no idea. Like, I was like, damn, I know Joan didn't die. Like, oh, my well, God. Well, I don't even know if he would leave immediately if I mean, <laughs> Joe he, Yeah, he, it's his mom, though. Like, I think he's He would still, tell Claire, all right, cool, put on some ice. I'll be there tomorrow. To be honest, you know what, Dad? That sounds just <laughs> like him. You sure right, girl. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know what was going on. But, I mean, like, he was not attending this meeting. Like, and did you see the phone call was so important. The big wig of the company stood up to shake his hand. And he he turned his back. Right, turned to answer the phone. Yeah, yeah. to answer the phone. That literally, could, which like, we know how important business is, business. Brian. So just yep. the fact that he stopped to answer the phone at all, <laughs> you know, not just left the meeting, but just that he answered the phone at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that was crazy. So it was definitely important. Yeah. So before we find out what the call is about, we see Justin, and he goes to Ethan's, and I thought he was there to collect his song, but that's not what's going on here. There is some soft jazz playing. There is a charcuterie board. Now, I love a charcuterie Girl, board. Girl, me too. <laughs> My God, you know yeah. I do. And they're having good conversation. Ethan tells him a great story about his grandfather. And he talks about how his grandfather was in a... Um, concentration camp. In a concentration camp, yeah. And how his music, the music in his mind, and just going through the motions of playing the violin, he says the music was the only thing that kept him going. Mm -hmm. And Justin understands that. He says, you know, as long as I have my art, I feel like that's a place where I'm always safe, where I can always go. And so he's sharing something with Ethan there. Well, just even sharing that sentiment, he was sharing that statement. That's something that he 
has not even shared with Brian. He's right. like, I've never, t- I've never told anybody that. So not only is he sharing words with him, but they're sharing this connection, you mm-hmm. know? I feel like they did the old bait and switch, you know? There was the episode with Michael and Justin where they were creating. Yeah. And Brian's all nervous about him having this this connection, this intimate creative connection right. with, with Michael or whatever. And they just did that just to switch yeah. Michael with Emmett. Exactly, they did. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. No, they had, a, they had um, got us off the trail. Yeah. But, uh, yes, we weren't even looking for this little uh, person to come in. Uh, but anyway, so they keep talking and the subject of boyfriends comes up again, because of course it does. Uh, and Ethan said he had one for about a year and they were like super in love or whatever. But that other, the other guy was into the club scene and he liked to bring home guys. And Ethan's like, yeah, it was fun for a little while, but then I realized it's not what I wanted. And I was like, you over that line. (laughs) This is exactly when I stopped trusting Ethan. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you and Joe, oh, I want to take my story head ass. Like, you heard me tell you this last time on my birthday. Like, yeah. get the hell up out of here, boy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he hit verbatim. Like, you really did. Like, oh, our lives are that parallel. Yeah. Yeah, come on now. Get the hell out of here. I, now you got lying lips. I don't mess with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ethan says, y'all, I, didn't, I realized I didn't want that. And Justin says, well, what do you want? And he says, I want to be with someone who only wants to be with me, who doesn't need to see other people or be on the scene every night. I want to be with someone who I can have a picnic on the floor with and tell them things that I don't tell anyone else. Great plug with the picnic on the floor. floor okay. He came through because because what you think you're doing right here, baby? It's the picnic. I got the charcuterie board. I got Ugh. the wine for you. I got the violin and we got the fire going for I you. I don't want any of it. What if it was Brian? <laughs> I would allow it. Okay, I thought so. Uh-huh. Well, I think Justin... Don't... It's just like, he has... I have a theory about this, too. But anyway, it's like he has a... It's almost like he has a playbook for Justin's, like, heart and emotions right now. And he's just, like, going through... Or the cheat codes No, he, has, he definitely has the cheat codes. I don't know how he has them, but I don't either. Them. He's got them, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he got them. But I think Justin... Justin's smart enough to, de- to decipher and decode all of those codes, you know? So I feel like he should take some of this treatment that he's not getting at home. You didn't buy all that damn cheese. Cheese expensive. Okay? It really is. You didn't eat all that cheese up, baby. And he had that good bottle of wine, too. I saw it. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> um, go ahead and drink up all that wine and listen to that good old classical music. Don't give him shit. Yeah. So we find out what the call was about when we see Brian and he's walking down the hall of the hospital and he finds Michael outside of Ben's room. Um. So... <laughs> That was the call. Michael was finally ready to admit that he needed some help because he's now having a, a breakdown, emotional breakdown. And he's afraid and he doesn't want to lose Ben. And Brian tells him, you know, you're not going to. That's not going to happen. And, okay, so, Girl, I don't know. I'm like, oh, hell no. I, I was not that look, damn important. I love Ben and I am concerned for his safety. And I understand the position that Michael is in, but I'm just like, What's Brian supposed to come do? I know. Like, oh, hell no. Like, I know you did not walk out of a $30 million meeting to come over to this hospital to do nothing. You ain't no damn doctor. <laughs> I mean, he's got to sit there and be with his friend. Maybe we're being too harsh. Okay. Girl, no. He I called him over for a kiss. I get it. But let's just keep talking. Uh, So Michael tells him, you know, he's wiping his face like, I need to be strong. And Brian says, no, you are. And Michael's like, no, no, I'm not. My mom was right. Brian defends him, and not just with pithy statements, but with a very specific example. And he tells them, the night when Justin was bashed, I called you, and when you were about to get on the plane, 
You came here and you sat with me for three days waiting to see if he would live or die. Uh, he says, if it hadn't been for you, I never would have made it. Okay, so both me and Brian like barely got through that speech. <laughs> so oh, that was because so going sweet. back there is super hard for uh, Brian. Going back to those three days, we get some insight on what it was like for Brian. Like we saw him when he was getting drunk out out of his mind at Babylon, you know, and going to see Justin at night. But this was after that three day window, you know. So we know that he wasn't handling it well, but this. That's just from what we got to see, but this is him actually talking about right. his feelings and his emotions during it. And so to sit in limbo, not knowing for those three days, plus he would have been subsisting on whatever crumbs of status updates Jennifer was willing to allow to be passed on to him. Mm-hmm. So I know the scene is about Michael and about Ben, but they, but the way that Brian's encouraging his, he is him as he brings up what you said earlier, his own personal experience with yeah. having a, a other significant other or whatever partner or whatever word you want to use right having that person possibly losing that yeah. person so i mean that's what they, that's what connected them there so now now looking back on it i can see why he would leave the drop of the hat and also but they are friends for 15 years and michael is going through but i just wish michael would have spoke up sooner like you had a whole chance at the house to say you need some help like I mean, I just, I there's know. a whole family of people. Yeah, like, you, you, you call me when you know I'm at work. This business out. Don't do nothing. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Damn. Okay, like God. He, he could have called Vic to come up. Yeah, there. barely bake a cake. Come on now. <laughs> uh, okay, so back to the scene. Brian tells Michael that he made it through because, you know, Michael was his rock during that time, and he was the strong one then. And like he said, like, hey, you were strong then, and you can be strong now. And it's a nice moment between two friends, but um, but I, I do also think this is what Brian was talking about when he told Michael not to fall in love with Ben, because he knows the pain of nearly losing mm-hmm. a lover, and I don't think he wanted that for Michael, and maybe despite what he says, he didn't think that Michael could actually handle that. Right. But yeah, like we were talking about earlier, we get a, a rare look at Brian verbally dealing with his emotions when he's talking to Michael here at the hospital, um, he not only says that he didn't know if Justin was going to make it, but he didn't know if he himself was going to make it. Right. And he's never told anyone that. And he can he can barely get the words out even. Uh, and we know that he tries to bury and avoid anything that has to do with the bashing. Mm-hmm. But to encourage his friend, he brought it up. Yeah. And so it's a very touching scene. But I imagine that there are going to be some after effects for Brian. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Having to a, go to that place emotionally. Yeah, because yeah. it was a very vulnerable place for him, mm-hmm. you know. And then he had to share it with someone. He never even had to, he never really spoke about it with Justin. So, right, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, he had to do that for Michael. So, yeah, it's definitely going to have some repercussions with that. Yeah. Uh, over at Woody's, Melanie shows up to tell Emmett and Ted that, hey, we're going to get a million dollar offer, a million dollar settlement. And all you have to do is sign a statement denying everything that you've ever said about you and George, uh, saying it was all a lie, nothing happened, and it's going to be great. And Melanie and Ted are trying to encourage him to take this deal. Uh -uh. And they say, well, hey, your personal truth is what matters. Just take the money and run. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. But that's shaming George, though. Yeah, it is. That's killing his legacy. His actual real legacy. And it's making it look like I care more about the money. Thank you, that part. And, you know, everybody knows um, Emmett doesn't give a damn about the money. No, yeah. So absolutely not. No, I, I, I don't like that. I mean, ooh, I, girl, I, if I was t- a million, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, mm, I would have to think about it. Like, George, we took a lot of pictures. So um, I'm going to take the money and run. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd have to ponder on that one. Yeah, I would, yeah. I mean, it would be. I would ponder two nights, but I'd probably be wake up richer. You know what I'm saying? On the third night, you <laughs> know, the third, third day, day <laughs> yeah. I'd probably wake up richer. <laughs> uh, so Brian um gets home and Justin has set up a picnic, candles, music. I mean, vibes. He has set up some vibes in the loft. He sure did. Like, I was here for it. Yeah. And um, because this is what he wants. And I think what's important is he really wants this ultimately with Brian. Like, right. everything that Ethan was talking about, like, he's like, yeah, that all sounds good. But what he wants that with is with, he wants that with Brian. True, he does. But what I think is, it makes me think, how old is Ethan? Or why didn't Justin ever feel like he could have already done this before? You know, like, well, that's he what think he initially was... wanted. Right. No, but I'm saying, like, when Brian came home, he had the whole vibe set up. Right. Justin never has done it before. Like, did he feel like he wasn't worthy enough before? Or he felt like he, he couldn't do it before? Well, there did was it take Ethan the, to show him how to do it? Like, There you know? was the episode... Well, that's a good point, actually. There was the episode um, in season one with Hotlanta, where Justin mm. makes the jambalaya, he cooks a nice oh, dinner, yeah. and he cleans up. Yeah. So he's done things like that before. And Brian did, yeah. you know, uh, compromise True. in that episode with him. But you made a good point just then, maybe even accidentally, but it's just like, why is it now after being with yeah. Ethan that he thinks? And so it, it begs the question of, do you really even know what you want? Exactly. Or are you just kind of being swayed by what you, what you see? see. Mm-hmm. Because we've had the conversation about you see Melanie and Lindsay. Yeah. You see uh, ben, ben and Michael. Michael. Now mm-hmm. you're seeing what Ethan's doing. So it's like, do well, you yeah, do really you know? know what like, you want? What is the relationship to you? Like, you really need to sit down and really decide what you really want because Everything yeah. that, that he's doing for you, you're copying it and bringing it back to the one you love. You right. Know? And so that goes back to my theory. I don't think that he has really figured that out for himself yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Brian walks in and, of course, he sees all of this. And Justin is like, hey, I made a picnic. I picked up some cheeses. And Brian immediately goes to him and, like, kind of embraces him and pulls him into a nice little kiss there. And I think when we talked about the repercussions for him bringing up that, the bashing and the emotions with that, I think coming home and seeing Justin here safe in the loft, it's like, okay, he's still here. Yeah. Here he is. Bury those, you right, know, like, bad feelings again. It's over. Like, put that away. He's here. And so I think he's still just kind of reeling emotionally, Brian yeah. is. Because I think he, I think he likes Ben and he'd be like, oh man, that. He'd be a little sad if he if he died or whatever, right. but ultimately he's not attached. He's on yeah, he's not ultimately attached to yeah. Ben. Not not this early. If it's, it's too soon. Yeah, but he does care for Michael because right. he knows what Michael's going through. He has firsthand experience exactly. with it. But also, it's his own stuff that was that was dredged up by this. Uh, but anyway, so he comes in and Justin's like, "I did this picnic and I've got these cheeses." And Brian's like, "Well, I don't eat fatter carbs after seven. Rude. But he kind of sits down. He he lays there and he eats something. And so they're kind of like, it's almost like his body language and his words are contradicting because yeah. his hands and his mouth are all over Justin. Yeah. But he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to stay here. I want to go to Babylon. Let's go out. But Justin's like, you know, but we can just stay in. Like, please, let's stay in. Let's just have one night where we stay here together. And yeah, there's still that contradiction in Brian. We're like, he wants this, but he doesn't want this I think or it just sure. scares them too much anything yeah. that feels like a real relationship because they still don't put a label on their shit like we know they're together but they don't have a title mm-hmm. you know so anything and not that, that starts, they have to but you've got to have you've got you to have, have to know something. where you stand yeah. you know like 
Justin says my boyfriend, but Brian would never say that. So, I mean, I feel like anything that gets too close to, to comfort, you know, too close to the relationship status. When he feels cornered. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Brian is going to shut down. He's going to definitely rebel. Like, that's what he's known to do. So, you're never going get him, to get him to do anything pushing him to the, backing him up into a corner. So yeah. It's not going to happen. So, a little bit far, deeper into this scene. So, uh, Justin's like, hey, can we please just stay here and do this? And Brian tells him, you're too young to settle down. And Justin's like, well, you're too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, you're too old to be going out there and mingling. Bye. Yeah, but uh, and so when Brian says you're too old to settle down, that seems like an odd comment to make right here. Uh, but unless you know what's been happening in Brian's head, which we know, but mm-hmm. Justin doesn't know. You know, he was pushed back to that place where he couldn't hide from his feelings toward Justin anymore once he was finally ready to accept that, you know, right. that going to the prom and everything that happened after. Uh, but so there is um, the pain of losing this thing that you've just now wrapped your fingers around in a solid grip. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about part of Brian expecting Justin to leave him at some point. Right. Because um, he's either over him or he finds someone younger, yeah. someone's a better fit or whatever. But like he's going to grow up. And, yeah, yeah, but that's just a fear. And so uh, I think Brian finds ways to try to preempt that pain. And so right. by saying, like, you're too young to settle down, like, no, like, we're not going to make me. this it yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, we you don't, don't want to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, he clearly still wants him because as he's saying that, you know, he's kissing him on the nose. He's, you know, caressing him. And so even though his words are saying this, it's like, I don't know if that's truly how you feel, dude. I know. So confusing. Yeah. So, again, this is just another failure to communicate and consider each other because Brian it's not necessarily tell we don't know if Justin knows that Brian was just at the hospital with Michael during right. a very emotionally distraught Michael and and Brian doesn't tell him that to say, well, Hey, here's feeling, why I'm not in the room. Yeah. I get the feeling that they have not talked. You know what so I'm They have right. not spoken. Even though Brian has a cell phone, he did not call the house phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because Justin wouldn't have been laying all on the floor doing all that. He would have been like, Oh my god, are you okay? Like, how's Michael? How's yeah, Ben? Yeah, he probably would have, even yeah. though they're not the I'm best of way. friends, like, they are yeah. bonding more, mm-hmm. and so he probably would have shown up there, yeah. Right, so I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah, so I think if both of them would have offered a little bit more background, <laughs> or assumed that there was a legitimate explanatory reason for why the other one was acting the way that they were acting, right. this could have gone a little bit better. But anyway, Brian wants to go to Babylon because... I think because he's feeling flooded with emotions and feelings and memories that are just kind of ripping through him and he doesn't want to deal with any of those right mm-hmm. now. Plus, he's got the pressure at work that he's got to go back to and he's worried about Michael. And so... Um, he has a lot on his plate, actually. Yeah. And so I think he's like, well, what he always does when he needs to just kind of check out of reality, he's going to go... I want to apologize. After listening to you ramble all that shit off. Okay? And I was rambling. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. No, no. It wasn't a ramble. It wasn't. It was a good ramble then if you want to call it rambling. But... Um, after you listening to all that, I was way too hard on this man. He does carry a lot of weight. You know, when you are Brian Kenny, he's like the king. You, it, what is it? Heavy as the head to carry the crown? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel bad for him because he does. They put a lot of pressure on him. He's always had to be cool. He always has to be like a certain type of way. They put him in this box. He can't be normal. He can't be human. Right. It's almost like he is he a celebrity. He can't have a moment of yeah, weakness. Yeah, he can't have a moment. Exactly. So, damn. Yeah, his best friend is, is hurting, you know? Like, I mean, he's stressed at work. He's he probably feel his boyfriend is feeling a certain type of way, but it's making him feel a certain type right, of way. Right, because then he's you know? already thinking you're gonna leave. Yeah. And he's like, Ugh, you know, what do I do about that? Exactly. So, like, so what is his outlets? Like he has no one. They all right. run to him. So who the hell is he gonna run to? Right. You know? Yeah. 
And so I think in this, like in this episode, in this moment, and even in the last episode, probably one or two before that, they're communicating about what they want, but not really why they want it Mm -hmm. or need it. And there are no bad guys here when that happens. It's just two people who have some emotional needs that they're not communicating well. And because they're not communicating them well, their partner is not really picking up on what the need is. No, exactly. So anyway, that's my whole 10 page 10 pages of notes. <laughs> there are more, but I will move on for time's sake. Uh, so Brian's going to go to Babylon and Justin goes over and extinguishes the the flames there. I was hurt the though. I understand. Yeah. I understand what we just said about what Brian going through, but the damn, I'm just kind of like. So both, you can see both sides yeah, of it. I do. Yeah. Ugh, I'm torn now. Like I was so like, <laughs> hate Brian, you know, like in this episode, I wanted to hate him, but dang, why you do this? Because oh, this is what I do. God. This is my superpower. No, I'm upset now. <laughs> uh, so then we see Brian. He did go to the back room at Babylon, and he is on poppers and who knows what else. Yeah. And uh, he's, like, trying to find him a spot and a person. Well, he finds both of those things. Perfect. And, yeah. And while he's there, he hear, he overhears the guys next to him, and the guy is saying, eat the meat. Yeah. <laughs> And Brian well, kind of chuckles at that. He did. He, he laughed yeah. hard. I laughed. I was like, eat the meat. Okay. I'll yeah. But so Brian is back here, but this is him needing to run away from his thoughts and feelings. And this is the only way that he's known how to do that. Or this is his right. default for yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. So here's a nice scene. Debbie shows up at the hospital and she's brought some homemade chicken broth for Ben. And I think this is the first time that she actually sees Ben as Ben. Yeah. You know, for just who he is as a person. And Mm -hmm. she can sympathize with him as you're sick, you're hurting, you're a human being. Right. (laughs) Not you're the destroyer of my son. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Not you are a disease, but you have a disease Mm -hmm. that is affecting you. You know, that kind of thing. And they have a nice little conversation. Ben apologizes for putting Michael through all of this because he's like, I do get it. I do acknowledge he's been here. I see his face. He's trying to hide it from me, but I see how hard this has been for him. Um, She respected that because he did not downplay it because he knew exactly how she felt about him. And he knew, he knows what he, he knows what's going to happen. You know, if Michael truly stays with him, it's going to be, you know, it potentially could be a rough road, you know? It can be, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that... And predictable. And the fact that he said that, like, yo, I'm sorry, you know, like, I know much you love Michael, I'm sorry. She respected that, you know? And I think this scene needed to happen. It was a much-needed moment between them because, I mean, it was just, it was building and building and, and boiling, you know? And it was like, it can only go so far. Like, you're either going to lose Michael because he he made his stance. I fuck with Ben. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is who I want. Like, this yeah. is him. or He's never gonna choose you anymore. Like he he he's gonna always love you, but he's gonna choose his man. You know, like so you either give it the program, mom, or not. So I think this scene. I'm glad this scene happened. Yeah, but even Debbie brought some humility to this scene. Like she tells Ben, "Well, what do I know? I should have kept my mouth shut." And uh, Ben says, "You're a mother. You were trying to protect him." So yep. he's like, "I don't agree with how you treated me, but I know why you were why being you did it mm-hmm. that way." And so before she can leave, he asks her to stay. And she's like, okay, well, I'll just go warm up this broth for you. And he's like, oh, I'm not actually hungry. And then she says, don't argue with me. You're going to eat it. And I so loved it. Now we he's know part of the he's game. part of the gang now. He's part of the game. <laughs> yeah. She got him. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, that was a perfect in- induction for him into the gang. So Emmett and Melanie are back with the lawyers to sign the papers and get the Mega Million. <laughs> um, 
And the lawyer just has to slip in that Mrs. Schickle has uh, sent her thanks to Emmett. And yeah. mm, Mm -mm. Well, Emmett asks to see the check and they slide it over and then he takes a look at it and then rips it right up. See, if they would have never mentioned her name, Mm -hmm. he he probably would have wrote the E and then ripped it, okay? But no. Like, look, for half of this, I'll tell TMZ. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But that's it. Yeah. Because I'm leaving my um, dignity around this month. Yeah, but he tells them, you know, I may not have money, but what I do have is the truth. And it's my only currency. He says, I never wanted a penny from him. So they can take it all, but they cannot take what he and I shared. That's mine and you can't have it. And that is what it all comes down to. It would have been nice to have the thing that George intended for him to have. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, more than I want that, I want the memory and yeah. the truth of what we shared together. And yeah, who wants to taint that memory? Like, that was some true, like, undying love right there. Like, I mean, that was some true, like, heartfelt. I mean, it wasn't about the money. Because I don't know if I can honestly say that I would have get out. <laughs> we would, I would have changed the jury for the 10 mil, though. I think I would have changed the jury for the 10 yeah. mil. Either I'm going to leave broke with my, with my, my memories. Or I'm going to leave rich with my memories. Like, it's, it's either one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But good on you, Emmett. He even leaves them with the uh, faux fur. So, good on you, mm-hmm. Emmett. Take your dignity and your truth and get on out of there. I'm proud of you. And also, he let them know that, you know, for one, you got me all wrong. You labeled me a whore, and I'm not, okay? Take all this stuff. But you can't come get the Subaru, though. And don't get that tennis bracelet. And also, don't... Look, you, look you're not getting the tennis bracelet Yeah, you ain't getting that. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Gonna get some hot grease. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Uh so um then we see Michael and he is returns to the hospital and Debbie is there sitting with Ben and she even has her hand on his. And so Michael is getting to see, okay, they have uh had a moment. Yeah, they've had a moment and things are good with him now. Like she's sitting here with him. She's even offering comfort to him. And he had no idea she was going to be there. Yeah. So that's like a perfect moment for him. Like, And I she mean, didn't like hop up immediately like, Michael, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, like, no. She was, I mean, Debbie was endearing. acting like she yeah. had some coof. Thank God, for <laughs> once. In this episode. Yeah, go ahead, Debbie. I'm proud of you, girl. Baby steps. Baby yeah. steps. We go back to Vanguard, and Brian was inspired by the, uh, the back room. <laughs> and he came up with a campaign slogan for this steakhouse, and it will be, eat the meat. Eat the meat. The boy is genius, <laughs> yeah. okay? They eat love it. The, the clients meat. love it. And it just came to Brian. Uh, you know? Literally came <laughs> to Brian, okay? Yeah. He's the boy smart, okay? The back room was worth something. Oh, it was good for something. Yeah. All right, I mean, I mean, on. he's always on alert. Always. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. make on, every Brian. moment magical. That part. <laughs> or make okay. every moment matter. Yes, know? but it was magical. Uh. At the hospital, Ben is doing better. He's sitting up, and he's almost ready for uh for release, almost ready to be discharged. And the doctor wants to put him on a drug holiday, and Ben is nervous about that because, in his mind, like, if his routine, him, yeah. his regimen, that's what's kept him healthy. And he's like, you mean you're going to give me nothing? Like, imagine what could happen in that time where I'm taking nothing. So... He's putting on a good front. He's trying to be excited that he's getting to go home and that he's doing better. But he's like, but I don't know about this route. No, I would be terrified. I mean, like we said, it's a lose-lose situation. If he takes the medicine, he's doomed. If he doesn't take the medicine, he runs the risk of being doomed. Like, yeah. By a matter of time. So it's mm-hmm. like, oof. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but at least the doctor, I, but I trust this doctor. He's like, we're going to keep a close eye on you here. Yeah. You know, like, 
So I feel like he has a good team. And this around doctor him. does care. Yeah, he yeah. cares. It's not like he just there to get a check or you have the disease and I'm not going to mess with you. You mm-hmm. know, like, I mean, I think he's really invested and interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see Ethan and he's at home practicing and uh, there's a knock at his door. And my sunshine got a little lost on his way home to the loft. No. I don't know how he ended up over here. I think sunshine followed those breadcrumbs from the last encounter there with the <laughs> cheese platter. He, he followed the little cheese crumb crumbs back over to the door. That's what he did. Yeah, somebody's come sweep those up because he doesn't need to remember the the way to that place. That part. Uh, but Justin came there to collect his song and Ethan asks him what he wants to hear. And then he says something astonishly, astonishingly romantic. Mm. And so Ethan starts playing, and before you know it, there is a chaste kiss, and then a less chaste kiss, and then <laughs> rules are being tossed away all re- willy nilly. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> because I mean, Justin was like, forget them, you know, I'm gonna kiss, and also I ain't coming home at three either. I might be home at three oh one. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he gonna be late. So maybe this is just a knee jerk acting out. I need some attention. Hey, you should listen to me when I tell you I want you to stay home and do a floor picnic with me. Mm-hmm. Because the way that body language looking right now, like Justin also finna give up some of that little um the groceries. Like he finna, no. he, finna, he, finna, <laughs> he giving the groceries up, y'all. No, I'm telling my I'm convinced in my mind that he is the top in this situation. Normally he would be, but no, I, I refuse to hear anything different. Baby, he turned that neck and he arched it back. We know I what don't that means. Care. No, he just Nuh-uh. was hoping for a massage or something. Nah, Ethan mm-mm. is good with his hands because he plays a violin. So he shall. <laughs> Brighton, you in danger, girl. Okay? No! Brighton, you in danger, girl. Brighton, Brighton will forever reign. You I don't right? know. I don't know. Because Ethan got the magical the magical fingers. He got clips. the cheat codes. Yeah, he got the cheat codes, He girl. got that awful chin hair he, oh, thing. Yeah. You keep going for that chin hair. It's going to be the tickler on Justin. Trust <laughs> no, me, no. okay? Mm-mm. Well, well, I can't wait to the next episode because we're going to find out. I, let's take bets right now. Well, y'all already seen it. I haven't, damn it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm dying to know if, you know, Justin is the bottom or the top, you know what I'm saying? Or where this kind of escalates to, because it's kind of fun. So, but also, I don't know how genuine Ethan ass is with it, but. I know. But he's well, saying some good shit, though. Yeah, well, it's like, we don't know how genuine Ethan is. We don't know what Justin really wants. We, it's just a lot going on here. Now, Justin, we did say this earlier, but we will highlight and underline it here so nobody tells us in the comments. Justin is breaking the rules here. Yeah, he is. Because this is clearly more than just a, like, yeah. backroom hookup. No, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Even though we've seen Brian have 10 of them Well, for this one, episode. they know names. Two, right. they're making you out. You know where, yeah. yeah you've you know been over this house a couple yeah, times. It's, it's, exactly. So, yeah, you're breaking the rules. And and I know that the rule ain't giving up the, the booty and the groceries. But... <laughs> He gave them groceries. No, he did not. Stop it right now. He gave them groceries. But anyway, so yes, this I think could technically qualify as possibly cheating. I don't know. Leave it in the comments, guys. Did Justin break up slash cheat on Brian? Did he mess up Brighton? This is what he did. Okay? Because I don't know. I want to hear from you guys. Because me, me personally. I mean, I'll just tell y'all next week. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we hope y'all enjoyed this um, episode just as much as we did. It's a lot of juice and a lot of going on. And um, who you agree with? Are you Team Ken or Team Michelle tonight? Because y'all know where I stand at, okay? <laughs> and uh, we'll love to hear your feedback as always, guys. Until next time, we love you. We are out of here. Bye. Bye.